Dr. Baum, I refer to him as Denny, a great friend, a great professional, and a man who's really done a tremendous job with this foundation. Denny is the president of the Unity Point Health Foundation in Des Moines, Iowa. Denny, thanks for joining us today. Aaron Charlie, welcome, Eddie. It's my pleasure. I, you know, I when I thought about this podcast and talking about how do you engage wealthy people to become philanthropists with your organization, I immediately thought of Denny. This has probably been eight or nine months ago. And uh, Denny, first of all, I want to just say how much I respect your work and uh, your insight uh, as a leader. And Denny has done a tremendous job, I mean, a tremendous job with his organization. And Denny, what I'd like to do is ask you a couple questions and kind of get your immediate response. Um, how do you go about engaging wealthy individuals to be philanthropists with your organization? What's your process? Well, it depends on, on uh, where you see uh, a potential prospect or, or somebody who perhaps has made small gifts to you along the way, uh, whether you can meet with them in their, on their own turf. I always like to meet people on their own turf, whether it be their business or their office, etc., that gives me an opportunity to to ask to take tours. Nothing, mm -hmm. nothing uh, that 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 potential donors love to do more than than tour you, tour you in their facility and tell you about their business. Uh, if if it's not at that venue, whether it be at an event or let's say they come to the hospital for lunch with the CEO, we take them on tours and and try to engage them. Uh, and, and what we're doing, uh, especially if we know they, they've had some some interaction with us in, in some way. But uh, the, the key to whatever conversation that, that you have with potential donors, the, the, the wealthy, is, is what, what I call the art of inquiry. Mm -hmm. the, the conversation is about them. It's about drawing them out, finding out about their family, finding out about what their passions are. Not necessarily their passions about our hospitals, but it may it may come out that way. But the key is to, to begin a relationship. And the, 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 the more conversations you have with, with a particular uh, potential donor or with lots of folks, the, the art of inquiry is invaluable. Uh, because that is able you to make them the center of your attention. It's not about it's not about me. They, I mean, they frankly, they might be interested in hearing a little bit about me, but they, they, they want to to let me know, and I want I I want to let them know how interested I am in them. And the more people that you can talk to, and use that art of inquiry technique. It's it's merely it's conversational and drawing people out. Um, that's one of the things that I, I think I do do very well. I have yeah. a wide network of, of people, and that I try to keep in contact with, and it is it is a constant to keep them as being the focus of my attention. You know, uh, Denny, you've mastered that. I don't know anybody better at that. You know, how do you when you Let's say you give someone a tour or you're having a conversation with them. What are the things you're looking for? What do you, what do you hope to hear? Well, maybe, maybe what, what I want to hear, obviously, or, or would you, you, you wait to pick up things, uh, whether it be about their children, their parents, their siblings, etc. something that uh, most people that you deal with know somebody who's had cancer. 
have, and in fact, my family has has been touched by cancer, sadly, twice, and 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 so it, it's something that, that that then I can relate to to them, and we have we have an, a connection, and of course we have uh, John Stoddard Cancer Center here at uh, Unity Point Health, and uh, they they might be interested in, in hearing more about that, particularly if they're from this area. They have heard about Stoddard Cancer Center because we're we're uh, very well known. And that may, might lead into a discussion about what their family background is, where they were treated, how they were treated, if they were treated with us. That's, that's obviously a very positive thing. But uh, it, 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 you, you look for telltale signs of, of, of whether or not they were involved with you or whether they were involved with some health care specialty, um, whether it be cardiac, whether it be... Uh, uh, stroke, whether it be any any malady that that they would have, you look for a connection, a connection. And well, that's interesting. That it, if I pause, give you a pause a second, you just said something that's that's really profound. The more information you gain about them, about the who they are, what they believe, what they think, what they feel, the the better you can connect with them. So it's it's about it's a great fundraiser is not so much about talking then it, it is about listening isn't it it is about listening and then and then something very important uh, that 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 our staff here i think we do a very good job of this is to keep records about yeah. those conversations yeah because the next time you see uh mr smith the philanthropist mm-hmm. He or she is is going to is going to be fairly impressed when you say. By the way, wasn't wasn't your son at at uh, at Dartmouth, and and did he graduate? And I I don't know how many times people will say to me, "My gosh, you have a great memory." Mm-hmm. Well, it's because I document things. I, I I want to remember these things, but I'm I'm not smart enough <laughs> to to keep all those things in my head. <laughs> And most people aren't. So, so we, we try to document those important, important conversations. Mm-hmm. That's the key, important conversations. Because anybody can come, come back to the office and write down in, in Razor's Edge, um, met with uh, Eddie Thompson today, we had lunch. Well, mm-hmm. that's not a meaningful conversation. The that's meaningful, right. The meaningful conversation is what did you talk about, what was important to remember, and what 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 do you want to remember about that luncheon? So the next time you engage with the person, you have a connection. And I, I you know, incredible point. Incredible. Let me ask you two quick questions. We're holding you longer than I promised we would do, but I find this interesting. When you give a tour on your campus, um, can you kind of just give us a quick agenda? What do you tr- where do you meet them? Uh, do they come to your office? How long does the tour last? Uh, just some basic principles that you use when you give a tour. Well, we all we, we we always try to meet in the lobby of whatever hospital that we're going to tour. I don't like to have them come to my office. I'd rather meet them in the venue where we're going to be, or the cancer center, or Taylor House Hospice, or whatever we're going to to tour, because I want them to experience walking into the institution. And the Blank Children's Hospital is a great example. It's a, it's a wonderful lobby. It begins the story of how Blank Children's Hospital was started. It's a, there's, a, there's a painting of of, uh, of Raymond Blank, the son of of, of the 
the guy who built Blank Children's Hospital. There's a story, immediate story to tell about, about Blank Children's. It was the only hospital built during World War II, the only civilian hospital. So you start with that, so you talk about the uniqueness of wherever you're going to tour. We try to keep tours to, you know, a half hour or less. Perfect. <clears throat> unless, unless the, the people that we're touring express interest in wanting to to learn more about a particular thing. One time we had a we had a, a, a potential donor still has not given a cent to us, but he's going to. Uh, who who came on a Friday night said I I am only going to be here Friday night. He's flying in from New York. I'm only going to be in Iowa and I'm available Friday night. Can you do this? Well, of course we could, and we took him to to the Children's Cancer Center because it was fairly new, and. Uh, it just happens that his significant other, who was with him, worked for a summer child uh, cancer camp in New York. Wow! Wow! And it that was just a coincidence. But as we were touring the hospital, we took him to the newest place, and all of a sudden, we were there. We were there alone, 45 minutes. Hmm. And so, um, but we we try to plan 30 minutes or less. People are busy; they oh, they don't want to. But we always are flexible. You know, you made, you made a, another great point there in that you knew he had interest because you listened. Rather than just simply talk the whole time, you listened. Let me, let me ask you one other last question, mm -hmm. um, and, and I think, Denny, you have, you have mastered this. And once a person becomes interested, how do you steward them? What do, you, do you see them once a year? Do you uh, send them letters constantly? How do you steward a donor? Well, each 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 donor each donor has a different method of, of how they like to be stewarded. Uh, we we have a 91 year old uh, couple out in California. They like to get emails, updates about Blank Children's Hospital, and they and we and we visit with them once a year. And at year end, I always call and thank them for their gift. Always. <laughs> Others who are who are in town here, I try if if they are on my A list. Which is about 25 to 50 people, uh, depending any time. I try to I try to see them once a quarter. Mm -hmm. well, there you go. Coffee, breakfast, lunch, dinner, tour, whatever. What whatever? Uh, because it's again, it's a connection. Um, you know, perhaps the the on the B list, which is maybe another 50 or so. I, I usually I I will send them emails. I will call them maybe once a quarter. Uh, try to have coffee at least twice a year, or maybe lunch or breakfast. I'm a big breakfast eater. In fact, I have breakfast almost every morning with either board and board members are are also my my donors, sure. obviously. Sure. But but those 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 non-board members, I try to I try to uh, maintain a, a networking opportunity with them on a more than once a year. If I get down to my maybe my my number fours on, on the D list. Yeah, that that may be a, a a note. You know, once a year I see something in the paper about them. I send I send them a note or I make a phone call. But I I try and my top my top hundred I try to see at least once a year. Yeah, there you go. Well, I kept you seven minutes longer than I promised, but uh, it's been really helpful. And uh, Denny, I really respect you. I really respect the work you've done. Uh, you you really are a great professional. Would you mind? doing us a favor, would you mind giving maybe your telephone number or an sure. email address in case someone has a question they'd like to follow up with? Do you mind doing sure. that? 
Not at all. I, I'm, I'm available by my cell, and I'm not, I'm not afraid to give it out, and I want people to use it. It's 515-205-3093, and I do take texts also. So, okay. uh, Eddie, I really appreciate your kind words about me. Uh, the feeling is mutual. We have the utmost respect for you. We've worked with you for now 10 years, and uh, you are the absolute consummate professional. Well, I appreciate it. You have a good day, Denny. And everybody, thank you for joining us for this podcast. Uh, feel free to follow up with uh, Mr. Linderbaum if you have a question. He's a great resource. Uh, if he's speaking in your area, be sure you go hear him. Thank you all for participating today. We wish you the very best.